Hello, this is Bishop Joe Grice, and I am the lead pastor of the Dillon Church of God. I want to thank you for joining us on the Dillon Church of God podcast. Our goal is to bring you biblical, Christ-centered content that will inspire and uplift you and assist you in your walk with the Lord. We hope you will enjoy this week's podcast, and God bless. Today I want to talk about woulda, coulda, shoulda, which I would have, things I could have, and a whole lot of things I should have. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Because life is filled with regrets. But nowhere near as much as death is filled with regrets. Because hell is filled with people today who have so many regrets that if they could just go back for a day, for a moment in time, they would make so many changes and do things in such a different way. Luke chapter 16, begin with verse 19. It says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fare, fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table Moreover, the dog came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. First of all, I want you to understand something. Hell is real. You have preachers today trying to tell you that hell is not reality, but hell is reality, and hell is real, and hell is awaiting those who fail to put their trust and their faith and their hope in Christ Jesus. It is a real place with real flames and real torments. Hell is real. We have a saying here sometimes, we say, well, when all hell ascends us, you ain't seen all hell. I promise you, no matter how bad of a day you've had, you have not even touched what hell's gonna be. But hell is real. But the good news is, heaven is also real. And you get to choose which one you want to go to. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you. Lord, I thank you for the souls that were won at youth camp. Lord, not only in PD, but in Malden. Lord, we thank you for every soul that was won. Lord, we, we long for the days when people will run to the altars and give their hearts to you. Lord, I pray, dear Lord, that this will be one of those days where someone somewhere in this sanctuary will be touched by the Holy Spirit of God and they will surrender their life totally to you. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, dear Lord. There is a a heaven, dear Lord, that we can make our homes forever. And Lord, I pray to God that each and every person here will choose life, will choose to live eternity with you in heaven. Lord, bless the preaching of this word. Help me, dear God, to follow the Holy Spirit. And I pray, dear God, that your will be accomplished in this place. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. You may be seated. As I said, life is filled with 
regrets. Woulda, coulda, shouldas. This or that I wish we could change. Things we wish we would have done differently. I talk to people quite often in hospital beds and they're up in age now and they're, they're sitting back and they like to reminisce and they said, if I had it to do over, I'd do so many things differently. I talk to people at funerals all the time and, and I hear the comment, if I had another opportunity, just one more chance, I'd, I'd do things differently. We all have regrets. But folks, you don't have to be 90 years old to have regrets. You can be 20 some years old and have regrets. Right? We all have regrets. The good news is, it's possible to uh, cut that number of regrets down greatly. Even if you got regrets today, you can cut that number down greatly before you leave here, before you leave this world. How you do that, you may ask? Number one, by making the most of every moment. Making the most of every moment. We, we waste so much time. We waste so many opportunities. We go through the week and we get in our little rut and we just do what we did last week. And we continue to do that day in and day out, week in and week out, year in and year out. We just continue to be in that little rut and we do the same thing. We wake up, we go to work. We come home, we watch TV, we eat dinner, we go to bed. We wake up, we go to work. And we go over and over and over and we never make the most of every moment. We often live our lives as if things will never change. We treat our bodies, amen, Pastor Brown? We treat our bodies <laughs> like we will never grow old. We spend money like there will never be a shortage. We treat relationships like they are expendable. Yet the day will come when we will no longer enjoy the youth that we have and the health that we have today. Many today find themselves in a place financially they never thought they'd be in. They live in paycheck to paycheck and many times they don't, the paycheck don't even make it to the end of the week or the end of the month. They have more month than they have money, as they say. We'll not always have the opportunity to make things right with one another. See, we must always remember that, that what we have and enjoy today may be gone tomorrow. It's not promised to you tomorrow, right? We, we live like we got forever, but we don't have forever. People die every day. People leave this earth every day. And we need to remember that. The rich man, listen, he had the world by the tail, but things changed. Things always change. In Luke chapter 12, we read about another rich man who was focused on all the wrong things. And the word says in Luke chapter 12, verse 19 through 20, and I say, and I will say to my soul, soul, Talking to yourself there. You ever talk to yourself? Some of us need to talk to ourselves. Some of us have a deep conversation with ourselves. Amen? So thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thy fool, this night. Somebody say this night. This night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall these, those things be which thou hast provided? This night. What if this is the night that you leave here? What if this is the day that you leave here? Right? What, what, what if this is the only opportunity you have today to get right with God and to get right with others? What, is, what if this was your last time to take opportunity to surrender to God? 
So, so look at every opportunity like it may be your last, right? They're just having a seat over here. Look at every opportunity like it may be your last because it could be your last. James 4.14 says this, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. We know this scripture. We've heard this scripture. Some of us can quote that scripture. But most of us don't believe that scripture. We think we'll be here forever and life is not short. Listen, life is short. Life is short. If you don't believe it, it's already July. <laughs> That's hard to believe. It'll soon be Christmas. Matter of fact, every time I turn on my TV, all I see is Christmas movies. I asked my wife, I said, what is the deal with all these Christmas movies? She said, Christmas in July. Can't get here fast enough. You don't believe it? Go to Hobby Lobby. They got all the stuff set up, ready for Christmas, right? They're pushing every day, pushing, 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 moving to the next, moving to the next, moving to the next. And we do the same thing. And we don't understand that this may be our last opportunity. Life is short. So make the most of it. Now, how can you make the most of your life? I got five things for you just in this one point alone. Don't, don't panic. I'll let you out of here soon. Five things that will help you make the most out of your life. Number one, enjoy today for today. Right? Tomorrow may never come. Enjoy today. We sit around and we complain about what's going on. We complain about this. We complain about that. Enjoy today for today because tomorrow may never come. Number two, invest in people more so than in things. Invest in people more so than in things. We work so many hours. What? So we can get more stuff. We struggle, we push, we pull, we beg, we plunder, we do all these things just so we can have more things while our family is falling apart. Right? We'll spend money on this, we'll spend money on that. We'll spend millions of dollars trying to get skinny. But we'll spend a dime on trying to make our relationships better with each other. Relationships matter. Number three, Love and show that love like it's your last opportunity. Love and show that love. Oh, they know how I feel. Well, tell them. Oh, they know how. No, no, no. They, they might not know how you feel. They might know what the devil tells them that you feel. But you need to tell them. Trust me, I can tell, not tell you how many times. Oh, I wish I would have told them one more time that I love them. I wish I could have them back today just so I could tell them how much I love them. See, we take so much for granted. You can't sit there and say, well, they know how I feel. They may not know that you love them. Right? It's important that they know that you love them. Number four, forgive and let it go. Boy, I could spend an hour on this one. Forgive, I won't. Forgive and let it go. Right? So many people won't let it go. Matthew 6, 12 says, and, and forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have debts against us. Right? As we forgive our debtors. The beggar could have held on to his unforgiveness and missed heaven. 
but he chose to forgive. What's holding you back? Well, Pastor, you don't know what happened to me. No, I don't. But I know what God can do. I know that God can save you. I know that God can deliver you. I know that God has prepared a place for you if you put your faith in him and don't let unforgiveness or bitterness hold you back. Let it go. Just let go of it and forgive people. Remember that God will repay wrongdoings. Turn them over to God. Just let them go. So I forgive you. Now you got to take care of God. Don't, don't worry about me. I'm not going to come up in the middle of the night and, and, and hit you over the head with a bat. My flesh wanted to, but I'm not going to do that. So you can rest at ease tonight because I'm not coming after you. But I can't promise you that God won't. Romans 12, 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. God's going to repay it. Let it go. Forgive people and let go of it. Number five, say I'm sorry while you can. Overcome your pride. Come down off your high horse like you don't have any faults and you don't have any reason and just say I'm sorry. You'll be amazed what those few words will do for somebody's heart. I am sorry. Some of us need to apologize to our parents. I've done it many times. Quite often I'll be thinking about what I put them through. Most of the time it's when I'm going through something with my own kids. But I want to call them up and say, I just want to apologize for what I did. And some of our parents need to apologize to your children. Because you mistreat those children. You took a lot of things out on those kids that they did not deserve. And a lot of times you put things before those kids when they deserved all your love. Hello? Just be quiet. I'm at work. Ecclesiastes 11.3 says this. If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be, right? Today may be your last opportunity to make things right. If you or your loved ones would pass the day, are things where they need to be? If your spouse was to pass away today unexpectedly, are things where they need to be? Your child, your coworker, your friend, your sister, your brother, your brother and sisters in Christ? Are things where they need to be because this could be your last day. And where that tree falls, there it's going to be. There's no change in it then. How can we cut the number of regrets down? By thinking about the consequences of your actions. So many people are acting today and not stopping and thinking. Think about the consequences of your actions. Before you do something you may regret, think about what could or will take place because of your decision. How will this affect your life and the lives of those around you? Right? There's so many selfish people in this world. We do what we want to do, but we never give thought to those around us. We never give thought of how this is going to affect them. Right? Before you go out and start making Google eyes at another woman, think about how the divorce is going to affect your children. 
Think about how your decisions are going to affect other people. There's more than you involved in this situation. Think about the consequences. The rich man's brothers, listen, may have changed their lives if he had. He had influence on his brothers. We'll read about that later. But he had influence on those five brothers, and he could have changed their direction of their lives if he'd have changed. But he was so selfish and self-centered, he was the only one that mattered in the world. And we live our lives like we're the only one in the world, and it doesn't matter about anybody else. Many sins, most sins, come from a selfish spirit. We do what we want to do. I'm going to live the way I want to live. Well, that's not biblical. Right? I'm going to live for me. That's not biblical. Where it says prefer your brother. Right? It's not, it's not biblical to sit there and say, well, just make you happy. As long as you're happy. No, that's, that's a worldly thing that many in the church has bought into. Your best life now. It might not be your best life. Oh, it's quiet now. I done hurt somebody's feelings. Listen, it's not all about us. I spend most of my time making sure and preparing, trying to make sure that one was going to be taken care of. Trying to make sure that I leave a good path for my children. Providing for them. Making sure they have what they need spiritually. Doing what I can to help you. And give and give and give. Why? Because I don't really matter. God gives me everything I need. He knows that you have need of all these things. Then why do we spend so much time on prayer for our own selves? Because in many cases we're selfish. Start praying for somebody else. I've received healing in my own body, not by asking God to heal me, but by praying for the healing of someone else. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaking together, running over. Right? Stop focusing so much on yourselves. Think about what may happen if I act on this. Think about what may happen if I don't act on this. If I don't do what's necessary. Now, when it comes to your souls, listen to this. When it comes to our souls, we are playing, playing for keeps. Your soul, you're playing with your soul whether you recognize it or not. Every day that you decide to sin instead of serve God, you are playing with your soul. Every day that you choose not to serve God but to serve yourself and your flesh, you are choosing to play with your soul. And we're playing for keeps. Because nowhere in the Bible does it say that death is for uh, just a little while and then you come back to this world. No. You don't get any do-overs. You don't get another opportunity. You get one chance. You make the choice. Whether you're going to live for Christ or live for self. If you live for Christ, he has a place prepared for you. If you live for yourself, you're going to wreak corruption. That's a place called hell. It's reality. And it's awakening those who play with their soul and lose. How do we cut down the number of regrets? By living a life that can stand up to exposure. Make your decisions like everyone can see them. Where you go, what you do, how you treat people, 
Be a person of integrity, even if you think no one else sees. Live like your life will be on the 6 o'clock news. I told you that before, and it's a great thing to remember. Live like Tanya Brown has followed you around with a camera and a microphone. Everything you say can and will be held against you. Amen? I'm sure that this rich man thought that no one would know how selfish and self-centered and careless, uncaring he was. But God knew. God always knows. I'm sure that he wouldn't want all his neighbors to know how selfish he was and how self-centered he was, that he would not even give to the poor and all just the crumbs off his table. But God knew it, and God was watching. How can we reduce that number? By not counting on tomorrow. Don't procrastinate. Act now. Today may be the only day you have. This morning may be the only morning you have. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. Folks, listen to me. A very sober sermon. We all die. We all die. If God tarries, 10 out of 10 of us are going to die. Every single person in here, if God tarries long enough, we will die. It may be when we're old. It may be while we're young. It may be whenever. You don't know when it's going to take place. Nobody knows what's going on, especially now after the COVID. After all these shots, we don't even know what's in them. We don't know what it's doing to our bodies. We don't know what that sickness done to our bodies. We don't know what we're walking around with. You have no idea that you can lay down right now and never wake up again. The good, the bad, the young, the old, the rich, and the poor, we all die. The only question is, where will you go when you die? Now, before you sit there and say, well, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. That don't matter. Good people in hell. Right? Well, I even give to the poor. That's a wonderful thing. But are you saved? Well, I go to church. I didn't ask you that. Are you saved? Heathen go to church all the time. If you don't believe it, get, get in the middle of some of the disputes. You'll find out not everybody in church is saved. Hello, somebody. Huh. The day of one's passing can be a great day or it can be a terrible day, right? The beggar was carried by the angels to paradise. What a great day. What a wonderful day. I can't imagine what it was when he opened up his eyes and found all these angels just escorting him into paradise when he laid eyes on Jesus. I can't imagine what it would be like for some of our people, our loved ones who pass and they're saved, that as soon as they open their eyes on the other side, they're looking into the eyes of the Savior. The streets of gold and the walls of pearl, the gates of pearl and the walls of jasper, all these, all these things they're seeing. I can't imagine it. How wonderful it might be. But on the other hand, 
the rich man died and was buried and opened up his eyes in torment and flames. What a terrible day. What a terrible reality. To perhaps sitting there one moment enjoying your dinner and the next moment you have a massive heart attack and gone and you wake up in a place of flames and torment knowing that you will be there forever and ever with no opportunity and no chance to ever get out. You don't hear many preachers preaching on this anymore. It brings people down. No, Satan brings people down. All the way down to hell. All the way down to a place where they will spend eternity. I don't want them to get to hell and say, I wish some preacher would have told me about this place. I wish somebody would have warned me about this place. I wish my mom and daddy would have warned me about this place. It's reality. Let me ask you one last question. Has your heart become too hard to hear and to heed God's word? Verse 27. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him, Abraham, or send Lazarus, to my father's house. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. Now listen to this. This is powerful. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded Though one rose from the dead. Thanks again for tuning in to the Dillon Church of God podcast. To keep up with episodes and updates, please consider subscribing. And don't forget to share our podcast with others. Along with this weekly podcast, we stream our content to multiple social media platforms to further our online outreach ministry. The link to those can be found listed on each podcast. We also want to invite you to be with us on Sundays for our 1045 worship service. Remember, if you don't have a church home, welcome home.